PXG has done it again with the launch of a new lineup of drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. The new Gen 5 golf clubs deliver significantly increased MOI, faster ball speeds, longer distances, and tighter dispersions, all coupled with the exceptional feel and sound golfers have come to expect from PXG. Schedule your custom fitting or buy online at pxg.com. And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast on a Monday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. I apologize as I uh, come on uh, the podcast here this morning. And if I sound a little distracted, perhaps I am. I made the mistake of looking down at my Twitter feed as the music was playing. And this one comes across from LIV Golf Insider. He says, Pat Perez is a top 10 golfer in the world right now. Nobody can deny that. Glad he's playing at hashtag LIV Golf so everyone can see his talent. The whole world watches LIV Golf. Whoever runs that account lives in the twilight zone. In fact, most of these accounts from LIV Golf, I don't know what world they live in. But I don't think they're doing themselves any favor um, with the people that are running these accounts and some of the some of the things that they push forward. We'll get to that. I watched a lot of LIV golf uh, over the weekend. They were down in Mayakoba, beautiful place, golf course that the tour used to be at PGA Tour. And now, of course, LIV is there. Um, I spent a good amount of time watching the tournament. I, I wanted to see uh, what it looked like, what it felt like. <laughs> Um, what it sounded like in relationship to a course last year. I give LIV a lot of credit for what they achieved last year. Give them a lot of credit for how they've been able to build upon that. Now the schedule this year and what they're putting forth. It's amazing really what they've been able to get done uh, on the surface. But I've got some thoughts, uh, some things that I liked about the telecast, some things that I really don't understand. And just some things that I just think frankly, um, are major issues for LIV golf in the fact that it's just as silly um, as it is, you know, and as, as it comes across and as it's presented. So we'll get to that here a little bit later in the show. I have so many thoughts and things in my head about what I was watching um, with LIV golf. And I'm going into it with an open mind, folks. I am. I'm not, I'm not, anti-LIV to the point where it's like, no, this can't exist next to the PGA Tour. Do I want all the best players playing together under one roof selfishly? Yeah, I do. I, I, I do want that. But that's not the reality. The reality is, is it's fragmented. You've got a lot of the players, top players that have went over to LIV and then you still have a heavy nucleus of top players that are playing on the PGA Tour. But I don't look at it as it's one or the other. I like professional golf. I like watching golf shots. I like Dustin Johnson. I like Cam Smith. I like Joaquin Neiman. I like Justin Thomas. Um, I like John Rahm. I like Scotty Sheffield. I like watching those guys play golf. And, and wherever they're going to be playing golf, I'm going to watch those shots. And I'm, and I'm going to have some interest in that. So I don't come at this from it has to be one or the other. But I am going to watch it. And I'm going to give you my thoughts. I'm going to give you my true feelings one way or the other. And if they feel a little harsher on one versus the other, well, that's just the way it is. doesn't mean I'm a hater. just means that's my opinion and that's what I think. So we'll get to LIV. I want to start with the Honda Classic, though, which 
um, ended up being a really, really good event uh, down the stretch. I, I, I hope the Honda Classic, some semblance of it maintains in the future. Now, it, it sounds like it's up in the air whether they're going to continue to play that tournament on that golf course. It's certainly up in the air who's going to sponsor it. But I do know this, Jack Nicholas is a great person to have in your corner for that community down there in West Palm Beach, Jupiter. There's so many, so many people, professional golfers, avid golfers, core golfers, fans in that area down there. And having Jack Nicholas in your corner is going to be a very good thing for the future of that. Now, it sounds like it'll probably be in a different time of the year. It's going to have a different location. There's a lot of answers that need to take place there. But I hope that it continues. I, I, I hope selfishly that a lot of these elevated events will be rotated around. I think there'll be some staples in big cities like Riviera in LA. That feels like a staple in a big city. We know the Players' Championship is going to be a staple. Of course, uh, the four majors. There's going to be some of those staples for whatever reason or the other but I do think there can be a handful that can rotate around. And I hope that next year or maybe the following year that it rotates to PGA national. I would love to see the best players play there. And I'd love to see the wind blow a little bit and make it difficult, but that area down there deserves that it does. The Honda would deserve that, but it sounds like they're out. Chris Kirk wins the tournament his fifth win on the PGA tour. We talk a lot of Chris Kirk here on the podcast. Chris Kirk came on the stripe show podcast in season one. When he came out of uh, his rehab from alcoholism, I reached out to Chris. I asked him, we were, I think one of the very first podcasts to get Chris Kirk on. He did a number following that, but we did get him on the podcast and it was, it was a podcast that got a lot of, lot of really good feedback. At the time, we didn't really have that big of an audience. And that podcast really helped us grow. I think we almost doubled in size after that podcast. Um, His transparency, how real he was about what alcoholism was doing to him. And basically, you know, when you have a disease or an issue like alcoholism, it takes over your life. And you, you have a decision to make because the people around you can see it. It affects those relationships. It affects what you do in the workplace. And as Chris said, he was on the verge of losing everything that he loved, everything that, that he had feelings for and, and everything that was important to him, his family, his golf. And he hit it head on. He went to therapy he went to rehab and he came out and he is enjoying sobriety and has been now, I think, for the better part of three years. It's a terrific story. It really is. In that podcast, I opened up a little bit about some of my issues, about um, my issue with depression and how it's important to be open about that. We all have something that we're going through. We all have our challenges in life. It's easy, I think, particularly as a male to keep it in and to um, not talk about it 
and to deny that you really maybe do have an issue, but you know, it's affecting those around you. And it was no different for me. And, and Chris could relate to that um, with his anxiety and his depression from his alcoholism. And so it was just a very, very good conversation about being open, about being vulnerable, uh, about admitting that you have a problem and that it's affecting everybody around you and that you have to hit it head on. And that's certainly what I did. It's certainly what Chris has done. And it's something that you just don't take a pill and it's over. It's something that is a part of your life every single day. And you have to think about it and you have to be out in front of it every single day, every decision that you make. So it's just a, it's a, it's a great real story that is Chris Kirk who overcame and he battled back and has been playing terrific golf, had two thirds earlier this year and goes into the Honda classic and gets his fifth win. Just a, just a fantastic, I think human authentic, uh, real story. There were other storylines, uh, this Eric Cole, I mean, how good of a short game, does this guy have? And and when you're watching this tournament, did, did you feel like as Cole is a rookie, right? So did you feel like it was, you know, Chris Kirk, 37 years of age. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, this Eric Cole is like 23, right? Out of college and, you know, kind of just coming out young and, 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 and ready to go. But Eric Cole is 34 years of age. Um, he's jumped around, a little bit. He hasn't had uh, a lot of opportunities and he comes into this tournament and you really don't know a whole lot about him. Although he finished 15th at the AT&T and he comes out and he just played great golf. I mean, great golf. He's, he's a, I, I think a, maybe perhaps a little bit of an under the radar um, middle to bottom tier, like iron player, you know, pretty solid iron player can struggle a little off the tee, but a short game is sick. I mean, a short game is insane. And it was cool to hear Sam Saunders come on uh, in that interview and talk about how good his short game is. Cause you could see it, his hands just fabulous getting up and down from everywhere. That's fun to watch. And I think with the PGA tour, even though the big name players uh, were not there, it, it shined in its own way of the storytelling and the depth that it has with a player like Chris Kirk, who has overcome so much um, and is back and now in the winner's circle again, this Eric Cole, who is clearly a terrific player, but having trouble, you know, putting it together at the right times, uh, takes advantage of this non-elevated event and, and plays great golf and just has the stage and shines his incredible short game. And then you have this Monday qualifier, Ryan Garrard, age 23, played at North Carolina, played his fifth year there. And he comes out and Monday qualifies and is right there on Sunday. And everybody's thinking, who in the hell is this Ryan Garrard? That's just the depth of how many great players are out there. And at some, at one point you're thinking, can this guy get it done? Can he actually Monday qualify and go in and win the Honda classic. He ends up finishing fourth. He gets into Puerto Rico. Now he's fighting for, uh, forget about his career. He's just fighting for tea times. 
I mean, he's just fighting for tea time. So these, these storylines of the PGA Tour and the way that it's set up, and I think some of the other strengths that it has that are maybe down the list kind of went front and center today or front and center over the weekend. And I think that was cool to see. I love the elevated events. I think it's going to be interesting to see how these non-elevated events are positioned, are branded. Um, but I think for the PGA Tour in the end, what took place with the story of Chris Kirk with the story of Eric Cole and his incredible short game and hands and just the, the, the entertainment that he was putting on. And then Ryan Garrard Monday qualifying chips fell pretty good for them. I think at Honda. And now let's move the conversation over to live golf golf, but louder. Now I've said many times about, live golf is, is that I give them a lot of credit. I really do. I give them a lot of credit, Craig Norman, his team and what they've been able to accomplish, what they've been able to put together, accomplish last year and now into season two. It's remarkable really. And um, I, I think you have to, you have to take a step back and you got to tip your cap to them on what they've been able to do. Now, when you have an endless budget, uh, those, uh, it makes things a little bit easier, right? Because you're like, Hey, I need another, um, hundred thousand for club 54. Yeah. No problem. And then like two days later, you're like, um, I need another hundred thousand for club 54. Uh, yeah. 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 Good. You know, so when you got like endless pockets in, and making money isn't, you know, important, <laughs> you know, then, then things can get done, right? You can get things done a little bit easier, but nonetheless, I'll give them credit. And as I go down this, this path here of live golf and my thoughts on it, you know, it's, it's really easy. Some of these people that, uh, some people that, that listen to my pod, watch my pod are, are people that probably are all in on live golf and they can't stand the PGA tour. And then, and then some of you are all in on the PGA tour and you can't stand lift golf. And I get that. Right. And it's kind of, it's kind of the world that we live in, right? Like you either got to be all this way or you've got to be all that way. It's like, you can't live in the middle. You can't, you can't watch both. You can't like both people. Um, and, and so for me, I don't know. I always try to I'm trying to look at everything for what it is. Like, what is the PGA tour? What is live golf? What is this person saying to me? What is that person saying to me? And trying to understand what is being said and what is being sold and what the direction is. And so that's the way I went about it last year. And that's the way I'm going about it this year. And so I watch live golf on the app on Friday and I watch it on TV and there's a lot of things that I like. There's some things that I don't understand. And there's some things that I just think frankly are stupid and silly. And so I'll start with this. I'll start with what I like. And, and, and the first thing that I like about live golf is that it is different. It is different. What they're trying to do in the team competition I have a lot of respect for. 
And are they going to get there where they can sell these teams to sponsorships and they're their own individual business identity? I don't know. I, I just, it feels like a major undertaking. It feels like that's going to take many, many years to do, but they have the budget to do it. The question is, are they going to keep their interest in it when it comes to the, to the investment group? There's a lot of storytelling that needs to be told there. And frankly, the, the story that's being told right now, I just feel like is kind of confusing and it's hard to get your mind around. I'm a, I'm a core golf fan. I understand the game. I'm in the game. And when I look at what's happening with live golf and the team competition. And I look at what happened last year. And now as we transition into this year, I'm having a hard time understanding why Taylor Gooch, who was on the winning team last year, the four aces and why this year he's not. And he's over on a different team, the range goat, Bubba Watson, the captain, Bubba Watson, by the way, is absolutely 100% where he should be right now. <laughs> I mean, if live golf was made for anybody, it's Bubba Watson. In fact, when it, the time comes for Greg Norman to step down as the commissioner, I think Bubba should strongly consider it because he's perfect for it. He looks comfortable. Frankly, I kind of like Bubba Watson's interviews um, <laughs> when, when it comes to live golf. I think this is a good thing for Bubba. But in the team competition from last year to this year, is there free agency? Are there trades? Like, how does this work? And maybe it's out there and I just haven't seen it. And I'm coming at this and I'm just completely in the dark and shouldn't be, but I just don't understand how these teams are put together, what the rules are, the regulations and, and, and what can be expected in free agency if that exists or trades or, you know, what the hell's going on? Like, how does this work? All I know is that there's just these individual teams and that there's, there's a few people that have moved around, but I have no idea why. But I think back to the NFL and I'm thinking, well, this, there's potential here because I love a certain team and I know certain players when there's free agency that there's some players I don't want to lose. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of keeping an eye on it, right? And the, and, and the NFL does a great job in the way free agency works and the way trades work. And then, and then the draft and how that works. So there's like three different components that could be a part of this. But in the NFL, you understand how it works. And it's a huge part of the storylines that keeps the narrative going. That is the NFL. And so in the team competition at this point, year two, after the first tournament, as a core fan, I just don't understand how it works. And so what does that mean moving forward? Because obviously there is full investment in the team competition. They are leading with team golf. Individual golf is secondary to what is happening from the team golf efforts. So that's number one. Number two, I am a fan that likes watching golf shots. I like watching a lot of shots. I like watching a lot of my, um, I like watching all professional golfers, but there's certain guys that I really like watching. Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, Walking Neiman, Scotty Scheffler, 
John Rahm, Colin Morikawa. Like I'm going to tune in to watch golf shots. I think live golf does a good job showing golf shots. I really do. I like the way they move in and out of the shots. Um, I like the way they recap certain players that maybe they didn't get to. There's a lot of good there. Um, I, I like that. And I think they're doing a really good job of that. There, there are certain things that they're doing that I think are different, that are unique. Um, I like seeing some of the personality of these players. I think the relaxed atmosphere and tone and vibe, although I think it's completely overdone in the way that it's presented, um, I do think brings out some sides of, of, of players that we normally wouldn't see, right? So there's a lot of good there. There really is. I'm going to continue to watch Live Golf. I'm going to continue to try to understand the team competition and what they want me to understand, what they're telling me, the way that it works and what that means long-term. But they got a lot of work to do there. They got a lot of work to do there. The biggest thing that I think is perhaps working against Live Golf, and as they look at their product and the way that it's being presented, and I think it'd be interesting to have this conversation with them because clearly the environment on site playing music, the pros wearing shorts, untucked shirts, club 54 music bumping. Clearly they just went all in on this is going to be spring break style golf. Right. That's what it feels like to me. It's like, it's almost like I'm watching, um, and I'm not trying to be smart here. I'm just being honest. It, it feels a bit spring break style. I mean, if, if they would take their shirts off, it would be pretty much like what we saw from JT, Jordan Smith, Ricky Fowler and Smiley Kaufman. Like that's kind of, we're not, we're not that far <laughs> from that. We're not that far from it. Um, the vibe is, is, is so relaxed. The vibe I think is, is borderline just silly. Like the way that it comes across it, it, it feels, um, a bit carnival like, you know, with the music playing, um, with everybody just so relaxed and whatever. And, you know, the, the commissioner is, is riding around in a bike uh, I turned the telecast on thir- on Saturday and the first thing that I see on Sunday, I'm sorry. The first thing that I see is Cam Smith drinking a beer out of a shoe. Um, so it's like, I, I've got all these things happening in the telecast and this vibe and this atmosphere and it's silly and it's carnival and it's spring break and that's fine. Right. I mean, that's, Hey, look, I, I, I like spring break here in a couple of weeks. And I'm going to probably play a couple rounds with my shirt untucked, sunglasses on with a couple beers. Like that's in some music. Like that's, yeah, I get that. Now, is that the way I want to consume as a fan, my professional golf? Probably not. You know, like that's, that's not for me like that. It's, it's, it's too far that way, right? It's too far that way to the point that I have a hard time taking it serious that there is a real golf tournament being played. 
right? And when you're on Twitter and you, and you have these supporters of LIV golf, they want you to take it serious. The level of play, the field at live golf is better than the field at the Honda classic, right? I mean, that's out there. Okay. Maybe it is right. Maybe it isn't. I think it's still harder to win the Honda classic than it is to win that tournament at Mayakoba. There's 48 guys in the vent. I don't even think half the field broke par. It's just the way it is. Like half the field's not going to play that good. So you got what? 20, 24 guys to be. You go out, have a good putting week. Like Charles Howell III did. Get yourself a win. You got to make the cut on the PGA Tour. You got more people to beat. So I'm, I'm, I'm being told that this field is exceptional. The golf is exceptional. But I have a hard time taking it serious. I have a hard time believing that all of these guys are taking it serious to play at the highest level that they can when with what I'm watching and what I'm being presented to me is like I'm watching a carnival with a professional golf event just being weaved within it. Like literally, I, I felt like th there might be the Ferris wheel just off the fifth green. You know, let's put a tilt-a-whirl at the turn. And we're not that far off of, okay, before Ian Poulter tees off on number 10, we're going to put him in the tilt-a-whirl and he's going to spin for a minute and then he's going to try to hit a shot. Like it, that doesn't feel that far-fetched to me. And again, I'm not trying to be a smart ass. It's just what I feel when I'm watching this tournament. It feels like a carnival with a golf tournament, professional golf tournament being weaved within it. Feels like spring break. Take your shirts off. Like we're not that far from it. And so I think it, 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 I think it diminishes. I think it detracts away from the great golf that Charles Howell, the third played. He was seven under through 10 in that tournament, seven under through 10. He played great golf. There's no, there, there's no denying it. You know, I, I made that post about CH3 and, you know, I got some pushback here and there. Some other teachers um, were thinking maybe I was like taking a shot at CH3. I wasn't taking a shot at CH3. I like Charles. I love Charles Howell III. He follows me on Instagram. We've exchanged DMs. I've met him before. He's a fantastic dude. He is as professional as it gets. Charles Howell III went to live golf at the tail end of his career because he was going to make a boat load of money and doing the math, he comes out and plays. He has less guys to beat and now can make another $4 million. Good for him. I don't criticize those guys for going over there. No way. But as a fan, as I'm watching it, this is the way it's hitting me, right? You're telling me that this is great golf. The field is better. But it's just, a, I'm just having a hard time taking it serious. I really am. I'm just having a hard time uh, taking it serious. And so that's, that's where I kind of fall. I mean, it's just like, there's, there's so much happening that it's hard to like really wrap your mind around exactly what is the full intent of this league. 
you know, it just, it feels, it feels like there's so much going on and, and, and chaos and just disruptive uh, dialogue that like, what am I looking at? Like, what are you talking about? It's just hard to really wrap your mind around it. And so, yes, they've accomplished a lot into year two, but the identity of it, I'm still, I'm just, I'm still not there yet. Like, I just don't, I can't quite fully engage, take it serious and get fully behind yet, but I'm going to continue to watch it. I'm going to continue to watch golf shots um, with DJ, with Cam Smith, with Joaquin Neiman, with Mito Pereira. I love Mito Pereira. My God, that dude can just pierce it. Charles Howell the third, like watching Charles Howell the third a little bit. So I'm going to continue to watch those shots. I'm going to continue to see how it evolves and and maybe it does. Maybe four or five years from now, the team competition has completely exploded. And spring golf is what the next generation wants. Maybe that's what it is. You know, maybe that's what it is. I don't think it is, but maybe it is. So that's that. I'll finish with this. You know, if I'm, if I'm in the boardroom of live golf, like these are some of the questions that I would be bringing up. You know, like, what, what, what do we, what is this, is this what we want, right? Is, is, do we, are we, are we comfortable with the tone and the vibe that we're putting forth with the telecast? The other thing that I'd be talking about is, is, you know, where is DJ's head at? Where is Bryson's head at? Where is Brooks's head at? I don't think I'd be worried about Cam Smith. You know, Cam Smith finished sixth. Um, yeah, he was drinking beer out of a shoe. <laughs> Just like that, just I don't even, I don't even, I don't even know what to make of that. But you know, I paid a lot of money, right? I'm in that boardroom, and I'm like, I'm, I'm dishing out all this money for DJ. And yes, he won that tournament last year, and that was cool at the end. But he shows up as a professional athlete with all this money, year or two, and he's a little overweight. He doesn't look fully engaged. Um, and. He shoots what plus four DJ plus four barely broke 80 the last day. I'm a little concerned. Bryson DeChambeau paid all this money and he hasn't broken par yet until Sunday where he shot minus three finished 24th out of 48 players. Phil Mickelson plus one. Eh, I'm going to give Phil a pass. He's been through enough. <laughs> Brooks Kepka, another big name, paid a lot of money for, didn't break par all three days, plus one. I, you know, look, I know it's golf. I get it. But I'm, you know, I, I'm, I, I need my big boys to show up. I need my names to push up the leaderboard and be relevant because let's face it. Let's be completely honest here. I love Charles Howell III, but Charles Howell III winning, Brandon Grace winning, Charles Schwartzel winning, Henrik Stenson winning. It's not what they want. Peter Uline finishing second. It's not what they want. Brandon Grace finished third this week. It's not what they want. Pat Perez finished seventh. 
big boys need to move up, right? I mean, it's they've done a good job signing a lot of pay, but these stars who are making big upfront money. When I saw from DJ, I'd be a little concerned. So that's that. All right. Enough with live golf. I can't talk about it anymore. The accounts on Twitter are insane. Like the world they live in uh, is scary, frankly. So that's enough of that. We're not talking about live golf anymore this week. It's all PGA tour. We've got the API. Brandon Guptill will join me tomorrow. Terrific handicapper. If you watched last Tuesday with Ben Coley, you know we talked about Eric Cole at 150 to 1. And he almost got to the finish line. God, that would have been amazing if we would have got him there. Um, He's got full breakdowns on Tuesday. We've got a, a great guest list coming up. PGA Tour players and the top coaches. I can't wait to share with you all the good stuff that we've been working on. March, April are going to be huge. Tell your friends. Stripe Show Podcast. I can't thank you enough for being here. Audio, video, great content coming ahead. Thank you. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.